You are Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast on the Houston Rockets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. First and goal at the one-inch line. With that, welcome into Locked on Rockets, your home for daily podcast commentary on all things Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Ben DuBose, Rockets correspondent for Sports Talk 790, the team's official radio flagship. A year after the Rockets were allegedly at the two-yard line, according to Frank Azola, to potentially acquire Carmelo Anthony, it now is finally getting into the end zone. That's because, as expected, Carmelo cleared waivers on Wednesday afternoon, making him a free agent. As I'm recording this late Thursday afternoon, there's no word of a final agreement just yet, but it seems very imminent. All signs continue to point to Carmelo Anthony and the Rockets finally getting the marriage that's been effectively 14 months in the making. And so when we talk about this process that's been going on really since June 28th, 2017, ever since Chris Paul signed in Houston, what are the marquee figures on this story? Not just the Woj, the Mark Steins, the Shams of the world. Has been a guy named Jesus Rodriguez. You know him on Twitter as jsports underscore ENT. He had just a few hundred followers at the initial launch of this story, but of course he made a lot of waves last summer reporting the various connections between Carmelo and the Rockets. And so with this deal poised to finally get into the end zone, I am thrilled to welcome Jesus back to the show to talk a little bit more about uh, Carmelo and the Rockets. So Jesus, first things first, how are you, man? I'm great. How are you doing? Doing well. Glad to talk to you again. Talked last September after the deal that sent Carmelo to Oklahoma City became official on a little bit more of a somber tone, at least for those of us in Houston. Now, a year later, there are certainly some questions about how much a 34-year-old Carmelo Anthony still has left in the tank. But in terms of getting the transaction to the finish line, this time it seems like it finally is going to happen, especially now that he's cleared waivers and is, in fact, a free agent. So before we go into the specifics, I want to give people that don't recall you from last summer or just remember you're breaking, Mello has been told he'll be going to Houston tweet. What's your background? I know you have some basketball scouting expertise. I also know you have various player connections in New York and on the East Coast. Just give people a little bit of background about how you occasionally have become a newsbreaker in this business, even though you aren't by any means a traditional journalist. With my end of it, I really know um, players. That's really where, where it all started. Um, when I had a company called Sport and Debate Incorporated, um, we actually built quite uh, quite a good following with that. Um, and within that, I also was fortunate enough to go to school with several execs that are currently in the league at the moment. So that kind of helps me as well. In that sense of it, I, I make it very clear. I tell everyone I'm not Woj. I'm not Shams. If I know something, I let you guys know it. But um, that's I never try try to do what they do. I just go ahead and report what I what I know with based off the people that I'm connected with. That's really where it's at. And I can verify, and I have before, that your information last summer was very solid. Just unfortunately, sometimes things change. I think not only was Carmelo interested in the Rockets, I absolutely believe that he was told that he would get a deal. But ultimately, you know, until the ink is dry, things can change in this league. And of course, what happened in New York was the change in management with Phil Jackson going out and ultimately uh, Scott Perry coming in. And so even though there are indications that Melo would go to Houston, 
the ink had not dried as far as actually signing a transaction or agreeing to that and processing it with the league office. And until that happens, then anything can change. And it is important to note that today, that even though all indications are that Mellow to Houston will happen, as we're recording this, late Thursday evening, at least to this point, there hasn't been the Woj bomb or anything from you that it's to the finish line. But the the interest has been there for 14 months, so it's certainly not shocking to see that now that Carmelo's gotten his freedom, that he and the Rockets are a hot topic again. Uh, do you take any solace, any consolation that even though it's a year later, that finally, now that Carmelo actually gets his way, this thing, it looks like, is going to work out between Carmelo and the Rockets? I mean, I wish I could say that that's what it takes. But, to, you know, to be honest with you, uh, to, to give those specifics, um, I could do it now. I wasn't able to, to go at that point in time into the specifics in regards to who was told, what was told. So we, we all know Carmelo Anthony was told he was going to be traded to the Knicks. That, that's an absolute to the Rockets. fact. I mean, I'm sorry, yeah, to the Rockets. That's an absolute fact. But it wasn't just Carmelo Anthony that was told this. CP3 was told Carmelo Anthony was going to be traded there. Mo Harkless, who was in Portland at this time, was told he was going to, to New York. Wow. The big the big issue with the deal that broke down was Myers Leonard's con- contract. Everybody thinks it was Ryan Anderson. Ryan Anderson's contract became an issue later on down the road once Portland wasn't able to unload Myers Leonard. So once the Knicks said, because originally the Knicks were willing to take Myers Leonard's contract. And for those who don't know who Myers Leonard is, he's the, he's a big man for the Portland Trailblazers. Once the Knicks were not willing to, once they backed off on the commitment to take that, now Portland was out. So then he came back to, okay, the Knicks and Houston working out a deal. The Knicks did not want Ryan Anderson's contract. So originally, I know a lot of Knicks fans were upset with Ryan Anderson. The issue originally was not Ryan Anderson. Portland was willing to take that contract had the Knicks taken Myers Leonard. And that was where the whole talks broke, all the talks broke down. I mean, if, I'm not sure who, you know, how, how much people remember. It, it was so close to the point where Nene actually posted a welcome, you know, with, yep. with Carmelo Anthony. He had to then, I believe he took it down. Yep. It, the players were informed the deal was going to happen. It's just with the Knicks, they were having a management change. Things started to, you know, to shift differently. That's where it all went, went south in a sense. But, I mean, by all means, I wish I could say, you see, I told you guys so that he was going, <laughs> this this move has nothing to do with last year. Carmelo, yes, he always wanted to, to go to Houston. That was his goal since last year. But, um, you know, I, I can't take credit for this one. I wish I could. <laughs> Let's spin it forward to the current day. Uh, I'm going to give you some credit, even if you're too modest, to take it. But where are things at now? Because there's certainly no agreement that we know of yet. Now, I think behind closed doors, there's been indications for a while. We just don't have the final word of an agreement. Now, as far as a signing, we've seen Daryl Morey, GM of the Rockets, is traveling this week. We learned today from uh, Lala's Instagram that Carmelo is actually at a foundation event in South Africa. So part of the issue may be logistics, but what are you hearing? I'm assuming that all indications are pretty good about Carmelo and the Rockets, just like we've heard from everyone else in the NBA media. It's just as we record this about, what, 5 p.m. Houston time, there's still no official agreement, or announced agreement, I should say. Yeah, so, I mean, in regards to the to, to the agreement, I, I again, I'm going to be very careful, I guess, right, because this is kind of like last year. <laughs> I have every expectation that he will be a Houston Rocket. Everything that I'm being told, that is very close to happening. With that being said, let me also add in 
So part of the reason why why Houston is such a favorable option for him, number one is CP3. What the relationship that Dwayne Wade and LeBron have is this very similar relationship to what Melo and CP3 have. That's how close. That's how close they are with each other. Okay. So then also you add on to the fact that what is the plan with Carmelo? How are you planning on using him? Because that's huge. That's a big factor. He does not want what happened in OKC to happen again. He feels he can still play. He feels he can be a starter. Well, if you look at Houston, they lost two pretty good forwards this offseason. So Melo knows he can slide in. But also, a big selling point, and I, and I don't know if he's had these discussions yet, but this is very important. If you're going to use Melo, your best way to use him is start him to keep him happy. Have him be the first person to come out the game so then that way when he comes back in, he's playing with the subs and he can be the focal point of the offense, which is what he still feels he can be. So how are you going to use him? If you use him in that way, he will be happy. But if you don't, that's where you can potentially run into issues. And that's why I think Houston is a favorite to land it because they're, they're willing to go ahead and give him his opportunities. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail right on the head in regards to his ideal usage. I don't know if you remember, but the first half of last season, the regular season, they had some incredible chemistry, those second units, with Chris Paul and Ryan Anderson. They staggered the minutes to where that's how it worked out. And in those minutes without James Harden, which in the past have been a real issue for Houston, those ultimately were a real strength. Now, as it turned out, Ryan Anderson had several issues. He ended up uh, first being physically hurt, and then B, uh, losing confidence by the time it got to late in the season and the postseason, never got back in rhythm. But I think Houston's ideal usage of Melo would simply be as a a better version of how they use Ryan Anderson, and that yes, he's a stretch forward who can space the floor, but also, of course, with Melo, you have a much more of a natural scorer, more playmaking potential, far more than what you had with Ryan Anderson. But either way, the usage is the same thing. We're talking about those periods early in the second, early in the fourth periods against opposing bench units, which also is a way that you can kind of mitigate his defensive deficiencies because you're not asking him to guard that many upper echelon players. Jesus, another aspect of this I want to ask you about, are you more concerned about Carmelo physically, the fact that he's 34 years old? I know he's someone you've followed for a while in New York. Are you concerned about, you know, obviously his athleticism isn't what it once was, or are you more concerned about mentally him buying into the role, which you touched on a bit already. You know, I can see cases for both. Clearly, we have seen him lose at least a little bit of a step in regards to, you know, his explosion off the bounce. But mentally, I think that may be the bigger factor, as you mentioned. It's just about uh, getting him to where he's happy, to where it's not a repeat of Oklahoma City. And also, to, to make clear, you know, one little thing I've heard here in Houston, if and when this goes official, the Rockets are not planning any sort of major celebration event. If you recall, they had big things for Chris Paul and Dwight Howard after those acquisitions, effectively citywide celebrations, because you're talking about first ballot Hall of Famers, multiple-time All-Stars, just obvious stars. They're not planning on doing the same thing with Carmelo Anthony. I was not explicitly told why, but my speculation is that a part of it, you know, they don't want to feed into this that, you know, hey, this is truly a big three in which, you know, it's you, it's CP3, and it's James Harden. They want Carmelo to buy into a very specific role, and it might be that one that you just laid out in your prior commentary. So physically, mentally, where do you think he's at as he enters his, you know, age 34, year 16 season? Yeah, and, you know, that's a great question. So, as far as mentally, Carmelo Anthony, he cares about about what he is perceived as. 
he won't ever he won't ever really admit it, but he does care about that. Yep. I'm not too concerned with him mentally. Here's the reason why. CP3. If there's one person that can get through to him, uh, LeBron James is another man, but CP3 is closer to Carmelo than anybody else in the NBA. It's not even close. CP3 is the one guy that I think will be able to have those conversations if he see, if he sees Carmelo is getting out of line, if he sees Carmelo Anthony isn't happy. I think CP3 will be able to help control that. I'm more concerned on the physical side because he's not the same player that he once was. I'm going to caution Houston fans. You're going to potentially see a lot of workout videos. He's going to look great in those workout videos. <laughs> he's going to have hoodies on. And, and, and Melo knows I have love for him. I have a lot of love for that man. But the hoodie Melo is not what you're going to be seeing. I'm letting it be known. You're not going to see uh, Denver Melo. Okay? So you're going to see a guy who can still score, but he has to be put in the right situations to score. And even though he didn't get along with Mike D'Antoni when he was in New York, if there's a person that I trust that can help a person, a player offensively, that's Mike D'Antoni. And I think Mike D'Antoni learned, learned from what happened in New York, and I, I just don't foresee that being the same issue again here with Houston. So it's less about his willingness to accept the role, and it's more about the X's and O's, in the case of Houston, we're talking about Mike D'Antoni and Chris Paul, of physically putting him in the right situations on the court, the right periods of the game, to have him succeed. He's willing to accept that type of role, it's just about the X's and O's of logistically doing it in a way that maybe Billy Donovan and uh, Russell Westbrook did not in Oklahoma City. Is that a reasonable take? That's exactly right. Melo doesn't want to be reinvented. He doesn't think he needs to be reinvented. He just needs to be put in the positions that he's most comfortable in. And you're not going to get 25, 28 points a night, but you can still get a pretty good offensive game if you put him in those positions with the right players. As we close this podcast out on Thursday evening, I want to spin this a little forward, the rest of the Rockets offseason, but one more mellow topic I want to get to is about the importance of relationships. And this is broader than just mellow, but clearly the wheels have been in the motion on this acquisition for 14 months now, part of the lure of Houston to Carmelo Anthony is based on all that happened since Chris Paul went there in late June 2017. So if it happens, the near miss from a year ago ultimately kind of laid the groundwork for this deal to get done. And that's a common theme among the Rockets, because if you go through this rotation, Chris Paul, Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker, Ryan Anderson, Nene, there are so many situations with guys in the Rockets who Gerald Morey almost acquired in the past, guys they went either in free agency or in trade discussions with, maybe informally behind the scenes meetings. The Rockets made a point, I've asked Gerald Morey this question, and Gerald responds that it's a big reason why in the draft process they have as many or more meetings than any team in the NBA because of the importance of building these relationships. But I feel like a lot of folks on Twitter, when they see something fail the way the Rockets' pursuit of Carmelo did last summer, and also Carmelo's pursuits of the Rockets, they just kind of close the door. Whereas in reality, and because you have those player relationships, I think you can speak to this, it's not really that simple. Because even if it doesn't work for whatever reason at a certain point in time, then it may, a year from now, be the foundation to where a deal actually does get to the finish line. So with all of your NBA contacts, I'm assuming you can speak to this dynamics how important are you know these past pursuits? Like, for example, the Rockets going after Carmelo two of the prior four off-seasons to this. 
Because it seems pretty clear to me that even if you don't get to the finish line on a particular deal, if the conversations are positive, if the player feels good about that organization, the leadership, the coaching staff, the GM, then ultimately it may be a pretty positive indicator down the road that, uh, that a deal can be had. Correct. I mean, I, to, to make it really simple, uh, players want to be wanted. <laughs> that, that, that's what they want, especially a guy like Carmelo. They want to be wanted. They want to feel like they are part of something. You add on top of that, you you have his closest his closest pal on the team. I mean, I I, I can't I can't stress it. That is huge. Relationships, building relationships, building trust. You know, there was there was a rumor earlier this you know this offseason about Daryl Morey and CP3 and not getting along, and it was just some. And I I, I don't want to I don't know who reported it, so I, I got to be careful what I you know with the words that that I choose. But from everything that I was hearing, that's far that's the farthest thing from the truth. You know, Correct. Uh, so it's all about relationships, and that's exactly what what was built. You know, with the first the, the first pursuit of Carmelo, then the second time, you know, the pursuit of Carmelo. Make make no mistake about it. While you can't tamper, if a if a general manager wants to tell wants to pass along a message to a player, it will get through to them. Make no mistake about that. That's very easy to do. Um, so. Carmelo, you know, that that was huge, how bad, how much interest they showed in him last year, plus on top of that CP3 belief being there. That that just put everything together, and there's trust there with Daryl Morey, a lot of trust. What are you expecting for the rest of the Rockets offseason? Now, clearly, I think, assuming they bring in Melo, you'll have, you know, eight or nine guys as far as the top of the rotation they feel pretty good about. But ultimately, they lost Trevor Reza and Luke Bamute, and they've only brought in one defensive-minded player that being James Ennis, on the perimeter to replace those two. So clearly, I think they'd still be open to more wing help. Some of the guys that they've been theoretically linked to in various discussions, Kent Bazemore out of Atlanta, even J.R. Smith out of Cleveland, who, of course, is a buddy of uh, Carmelo's. I'm not sure how close he is with Chris Paul, but I know J.R. and uh, Carmelo have a relationship from their time in New York. We've heard Tyler Johnson, James Johnson out of Miami, and we've also heard a guy who I know you know pretty well out of New York, a former Rocket in Courtney Lee. So all of these guys, wing players, when you're talking about Mike D'Antoni, you effectively just have three positions, whether it's a two, three, or four. Effectively, when you play for D'Antoni, it's point guards, it's wings, and it's rim runners. So all of these guys can kind of fit, you know, they're slightly different dynamics. They can fit the wing criteria that I think the Rockets are looking for. So I'm just curious if you've heard anything and also your outlook on, you know, what makes sense for the Rockets amongst that tier. And also, if you could speak to Courtney Lee, just we can start with that. What's the situation with the Knicks? Are they still looking to move him? So actually, why don't you start with him and then you can transition into more Rockets-specific stuff. Yeah, I mean, in, in regards to Courtney Lee, the Knicks have, uh, you know, they, they have every intention to find a way to get him moved to clear up future tap space for the following summer. Um, uh, those around Courtney Lee have made it very clear. His expectation is that he will be traded. When that when he's going to be traded is the issue. It could be this summer. It could be at the trade deadline. But that is his expectation. Now, when you talk to players, that's what the players and the people close to the players are saying. But then you have the exec side of it. The problem right now that's happening with the Courtney Lee situation is the New York Knicks, everyone knowing that they want to move him because of cap issues, Scott Perry wants actual value in return, mm -hmm. which is, I don't want to take cap space back. That's his number one thing. He doesn't want to take future cap space back. But then on top of that, he doesn't want to throw in a pick. Teams are saying, you're either going to have to take cap space back, 
or you're going to have to throw in a pick for Corny Lee. And that's where the disconnect is. That's why Corny Lee is still currently a New York Knicks, because Scott, B- Scott Perry has not budged on his insistence that he will not take cap space back, and he doesn't want to trade a pick. If it's a second-round pick, he's more than willing to do so. But as of right now, teams are saying to take Corny Lee, because he has several years remaining on his contract, they will have to include a first-round pick. So, uh, you know, deadlines usually push deals a little bit more as, as – as I, I said at the draft this year um, with Atlanta, when they when they were talking about potentially moving up in the and the draft, um, some were saying, "Oh, those talks have pulled off." I, I actually then reported they have not pulled off. When the deadline when the deadline gets closer, you're going to see probably it pick up, and that's exactly what happened. And that's more than likely what's going to happen here. Uh, there's there's no rush. There's really no rush to go ahead and make the move. So until one of the teams budge, whether it's the Knicks or whether it's the, the team that the Knicks are negotiating with, that's when the deal will happen. But the expectation for Courtney Lee is um, he may start the, with the Knicks in the uh, you know to start the season, but he does not expect to be there long if that's even the case. Yeah, and transitioning to more Rocket-specific options. Now, Courtney Lee would be one of them. The appeal of Courtney, still a solid defender, but Courtney's a guy who shot over 40% from three the last two seasons, which obviously has a lot of value in a Mike D'Antoni scheme. For the Rockets, of course, the salary filler they have going out is Ryan Anderson, which I know is not that appealing to a lot of teams for the various reasons we've discussed earlier in this program and really all last offseason, but potentially where you could see a fit is a team like Sacramento, who has expressed interest in Ryan in the past, potentially taking Anderson, sending out you know some combination of expiring one-year deals, because they have a handful, guys like Amon Shumpert, Zach Randolph, Costa Kufas, that tier, to where a team like the Knicks conceivably could still get salary cap relief if the Rockets were to be able to make the, the pieces line up. Unfortunately, Morey might have to wait until during the season because once you get closer to February, then you have a lot of this second to last year of Ryan Anderson's contract already financially paid off. That's when he might get more uh, more movable for the limited value the Rockets are willing to give up. But to talk about the Rockets specifically, uh, not just Courtney, but I mentioned Baysmore, both Tyler Johnson and James Johnson out of Miami, even J.R. Smith out of Cleveland. Those are a few names we've heard whispered from various media reports the last week or two. Where do you see them going? Do you buy into the fact that they still need one more wing to replace Ariza and Luke? Do you see any good fits there? Have you heard anything else? Just curious about what you expect from the Rockets the rest of the offseason, or if maybe they have to wait until closer to the trade deadline to get something done. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, the Ryan Anderson contract is, is really what's holding, what's holding things up. I mean, co- correct me if I'm wrong. Um, you have, you know, Gerald Green's on a one-year deal right now. Um, um, you have Ennis. You have um, RG, I believe, no, not I'm sorry. You have Troy Williams. Didn't you just pick him up as well? Um, so they have, and, and believe it or not, if I'm not mistaken, if they picked up Troy Williams, Troy Williams is not a bad player. They, well, Troy well, Williams. They, they don't have him. They're on the hook for him financially. Somebody else picked him up. Financially, okay. But, but okay. yeah, because they released him, they're still on the hook for them. I think that's what you saw. They're, they're still on the hook for his salary figure to some degree. Okay. Yeah, but, I mean, in, in regards to making a specific deal at this moment in time, I'm going to be very honest with you. I don't see the deal out there unless you can find, like you said, a team like Sacramento or someone that's willing to go ahead and take a Ryan Anderson contract. But just know this, Houston fans, and I'm going to caution you with this. To get rid of Ryan Anderson means you're going to have to give up picks. So, yes, short term, that'll work. But the question you're going to have to ask yourself is, if you're going to give up future picks, that means you're saying 
we feel that we're going to be able to go out there and beat the Golden State Warriors in the seven-game series. You almost, you, you, I mean, if it wasn't for the CP3 injury, well, I think that that probably would have happened last year. But they, you, there's no Trevor Ariza there. And Ariza, I, 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 I'm going to say this. If there's anyone that Houston I think is going to miss the most this season, it's going to be Trevor Ariza. I really, truly do feel that. And to be clear about the Ryan Anderson thing, that's part of why they're looking at some guys, you know, even JR, but a Tyler Johnson out of Miami, guys that are overpaid. There's one scenario that could mitigate the value of, or the negative value, I should say, of his contract, which is that if you're also taking an overpaid guy somewhere else. So that's why they're in the market for other guys who, you know, expire in 2020. Of course, those guys are better players than Ryan Anderson, so it's not like you're going to be able to do a, you know, a one-for-one swap. But that's the one scenario where you can at least mitigate what you have to send out, i.e. the pick sweetener, as opposed to just, you know, trading Ryan into cap space, which was the problem at the end of last summer once Portland fell out of the way and there was just ultimately no deal between the Rockets and Knicks that would work for uh, for Melo. So it sounds like you're saying that uh, that for the Rockets, you've either got to find it. You're going to find a contract that's almost as undesirable as Ryan Anderson, which is one of the things they're looking for, or give enough, give enough value to get a team like Sacramento to give up expirings to then make it work for, say, a team like the Knicks, who would be drawn to, uh, to the expiring contracts rather than Ryan Anderson, who has two years left. Oh, absolutely. If Houston was willing to give up draft picks, they could, I'm sorry, I can make it very clear right now. If Houston gives up draft picks, they can move Ryan Anderson. Without a shadow of a doubt, they can move Ryan Anderson. But it just comes down to that portion of it. In regards to a J.R. Smith type, um, I, I agree in a sense where they're going to have to still give up a little bit more. It's a, a, a straight up swap for swap. I don't foresee that happening. Even I don't even see Cleveland doing that. Um, so you would still have to give up slightly more, but you won't have to give up as much. Yeah, but that's if, the point. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, again, Sacramento is a key, a key piece here. If you can somehow be willing to go ahead and give up picks, now that opens the door, and that could be that, that could be a big difference maker right there. Good stuff as always from Jesus Rodriguez, my friend. Glad to have you back, folks. If you're not already following him, please do at jsports underscore ent on Twitter. Closing thoughts, Jesus. Talk about your rise because you're well, you still don't have the blue check mark. You deserve one, but how many followers did you have before Mello and Houston Gate last summer? You were in the hundreds, right? Now you're almost at like six thousand. Talk about what well, this. I'll- you know, rise to I, I, fame. Yeah, I have to definitely thank Houston fans. I actually was at about 1,700 at the time. Okay. And then you guys pushed me way over. So thank <laughs> you, Houston fans. I'm sorry that I, you know, that, you know, I couldn't come through for you guys. Um, I, you know, I, I couldn't pull the trigger on the deal, right? But um, just know that I will always try to be interactive, you know, with everyone. Um, it, it's just very difficult, especially the more followers you get, the more questions you get, then it just becomes a lot more difficult just to keep track of everything. But, um, yeah, I, it was it was definitely a great a great ride, and um, I, I look forward to still being able to give you guys the news. Um, I was fortunate enough, you know, and I was I was waiting for you and other Houston fans when I first reported that Trevor Ariza on uh, opening <laughs> that opening that he was meeting with with the Suns and yep. that that deal was close. And I report I was waiting for Houston fans to to crush me for it, um, but. I, I got to give them credit. They were very classy, and that, that never happened. So I want to thank you guys for that. Um, because after after I said that, what was it, minutes later probably, yeah. or maybe like an hour or two later was when the deal became, you know, came agreed upon. So See, part of the thing for, I, part I of the thing for Houston fans was that it all happened in the first hour. People were so relieved to get, you know, Chris Paul back on, 
Well, not only because Chris Paul's great to get him back in Houston, but also not having to give him the five-year deal, you know, and then all of a sudden, 30 minutes after that, the Ariza thing, that some of the reaction was, you know, minimized, because even though you lost Ariza, you did still bring back uh, Chris Paul, who's obviously a much larger piece of the puzzle, and now clearly leading to Carmelo as well. Jesus, thanks so much for the time. Uh, Again, folks, jsports underscore ENT on Twitter, and we'll be talking with you uh, throughout the season, and who knows, we'll probably have you back during the year to talk more about Carmelo and what his fit is here in Houston. Sound good? I look forward to it. Thank you so much. You guys all have a good one. You too. Good stuff, as always, from my friend Jesus Rodriguez. Thanks to him for joining us, and as always, thanks to you guys for tuning in. Not going to lie, I expected, leading into this segment, or as I planned it out over the past couple of days, thinking that there would be a formal deal between Carmelo and the Rockets by now. He cleared as of 4 p.m. Wednesday. That's when he cleared the waiver wire. It's now over 24 hours from that. I expected, given all the leaks, for there to be a deal at some point within the first 24 hours. We're still waiting for that. But ultimately, my guess is a lot of it has to do with logistics. Again, Carmelo in South Africa. We know Daryl Morey is traveling. I don't really see any other suitor that could come into the picture as far as those that have been Rumored the Lakers signed Michael Beasley, which fills much of the same role and potential minutes. And, of course, they still have Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, etc., in addition to LeBron James. The Miami Heat, they have not even secured a deal with Dwayne Wade, uh, Carmelo's other friend. Although, as Jesus mentioned, Carmelo much closer with Chris Paul than he is with uh, Dwayne Wade or even LeBron James, for that matter. But if Miami was going to make a run at Carmelo Anthony, number one, it's been reported in the Miami press that they have pulled back, likely getting word that they were not the choice. But uh, secondly, the initial step in that process would have to be the Heat bringing back Dwayne Wade, and they still haven't done that. By all indications, Dwayne Wade is still considering either retiring or potentially a very lucrative offer in China. So my opinion, I don't think there's really that much to read in terms of the delay. Is Carmelo having second thoughts? I don't buy that. I think there are just various logistical constraints involved, but ultimately all the reports we've heard Jonathan Fagan locally, nationally, from Adrian Wojnarowski, Sham Sharani, and Mark Stein, et cetera, et cetera. This deal is going to get done. Carmelo Anthony is going to be a rocket. It's a matter of when rather than if, and now that he's a free agent. My guess is that it shouldn't take much longer. So whenever it actually does go official, I'm sure we will have another episode, but I didn't want to leave you guys hanging in the meantime. That's why I wanted to bring in my boy Jesus to talk not just about Carmelo, but also about the remainder of the Rockets offseason and what may be on the table. So until next time, when Carmelo Anthony hopefully is finally, officially, a member of the Houston Rockets, I will leave things here. As always, thanks so much to all of y'all for listening. If you want more content in the interim, including when we're inevitably leaks of the actual agreement between the Rockets and Carmelo, the best place to get it from me or anyone else, for that matter, is, of course, on Twitter. I'm on there, at Ben Dubose. That's my name. Or you can also follow the show, at Lockdown Rockets, on Twitter. We've also got a Facebook account, facebook.com slash Rockets, a website, LockdownRockets.com, an email address, LockdownRockets at gmail.com. Always, you can access our content, ask me questions about the team, make suggestions for the show, advertising inquiries, anything we can do to make this a better podcast for you, the diehard Rockets fan, or you, the human being. Don't hesitate to reach out. Would love to help you out. Also, if you haven't subscribed, please do. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Megaphone, TuneIn, etc., etc. If you subscribe, that's how you'll get alerts whenever there's a new episode. And beyond that, if you'd be kind enough to leave us a five-star review, that's how we can make the business model work here at Lockdown Rockets. It makes us look attractive to potential advertisers and keep this thing going as the most regular podcast covering Houston Rockets basketball. Also, wherever you subscribe to us or listen to us, there's a good chance you can find other shows across the NBA, NFL, even some Major League Baseball and college football. 
here in Houston. That also means we've got the Houston Texans covered. My friends Robert Land and Brian Patterson are covering the Texans training camp preseason opening a week from tonight. So if you want more insight on the Texans as they gear up for their upcoming season, please check out the Locked on Texans show, which you can find on many of the same platforms as you listen to me here at Locked on Rockets. So for tonight, I will sign off. Again, thanks so much for continuing to tune in, and please keep checking back when we'll hopefully finally have officially final resolution to the Carmelo Anthony drama within the next few days. Whatever happens, though, we'll have it all broken down for you right here at Locked on Rockets, your home for podcast analysis of all things Houston Rockets basketball.